Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I am David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. We're so happy you're here. Happy summertime. Unless you're in Australia, then it's winter there. Oh, I was like, but they're still happy. Yeah, they're happy in winter. But someone <laughs> texted me the other day and they're like, you keep saying happy summer at the beginning of all the lessons and we're in the middle of winter. So happy winter, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. Should we and show everyone else on the board who's in right there. now? Yes, let's okay. show everyone the board right now so you can see it. Take a screenshot. Because there's so many things going on and we're going to actually try and tell you the words on the board too because they might be written so small. And for those listening on podcast, we will try to be really good about saying the verses and, and everything um, as you go through. Um, but the verses are in the study guide sheet, um, and then we'll try and say them as we go through also. All right, this is Alma 17 through 22. Um, and you're going to love this one for this fact. Sometimes there are such good lists in Scripture, and lists can be really powerful and we're going to do three separate lists today of things that are just going to help us be better people. So that's what you're going to be watching happening is these powerful lists that just become patterns that help us become better. Yeah, for sure. So if you notice at the beginning of Alma 17, it says this is this section, little chunk, is Alma 17 through 27. So Mormon kind of like tells this big story in 10 chapters. Remember, he just got done with this other story of Alma and the Nephite Reformation. And happening at the same time was Ammon and his story. And it's, people are going to be so worried that you said it goes through 27 and it only goes through 26, really. But just... No, it's, it's 27. That is wrong. They updated it um, in the electronic and it's actually 27. Oh, good. Okay. So, that was a good lesson. Just now, in. if you have the old scriptures like you I do, you have to write 27. Don't worry, write 27, <laughs> and then the new scriptures goes through 27. Yeah. Um, so, this is, um, they happen at the same time. Alma's like teachings and Ammon's teachings all happen at the same time. It's so cute because Alma 17 mm -hmm. starts with the reunion. So, it starts like Alma's ending, and then he meets up with Ammon and all that crew, and then it's going to flash back to what was happening and Ammon's people, but like the reunion is so darling because they come back together and they're so happy in verse two. And it's like, we were so happy to see each other again. I remember feeling this like coming home from as a missionary and getting back together with my group of friends again and how neat it was that everybody was all over the world and then all coming back together. Like I think all returned missionaries like love this verse too because they're just like, oh, and it is so fun too because together. have you ever sat with all a group of friends and just listened to them do two years of catch up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so like, oh, and awesome. then we're, and it's fun to go around and do that. One thing yeah. I love about that verse too, before we get into these lists though, I just remembered is I love that they are just happy to see each other first. And then second, they're double happy because they're all still um, in the Lord. Yeah, and, I, and it's so cute when it says still his brethren in the Lord. Yeah, it's just, I like I like that for two reasons. One, I like that he's happy to see them no matter where they're at in their relationship with God. Like, number one, I'm just so happy to see you. That is so awesome. And then second, he finds out 
that they are strong in the Lord. And I love that phrase that they're strong. I mean, his brethren in the Lord. And I kind of just like the emphasis that it's not like they're active in the church, but he's just like, I love that they're like active with their relationship in the Lord. Lord. Mm. You know, that's such a neat emphasis. Okay, here's the three lists that we're going to talk about. So we're going to flash back to Ammon. You remember Ammon and his brothers are all going to go into Lamanite territory. And it's so funny because it's funny that the dad and all the people don't want them to go. And how different today, like yeah. all dads and all your neighbors want you to go on missions. And back here, it's funny. He's like, we all don't want you to go. We want you to stay and be the kings instead. Um, but you remember they choose, they want to go into this place and they're going to go into the Lamanites. And everyone's nervous because the Lamanites have a reputation for being hateful toward the Nephites and killing Nephites. And, and it's just like, but they are just so pumped to go. And this, this story is so, I mean, it's like what, it's like one of our like big, what do you say? Yes. Like as a church, like it's one of our like big yeah. stories that we love so much. But you love about it that it's, it really is going to teach you about reconciliation. It's going to teach you about loving big. That's every one of these stories is a story about loving outside the lines. It's a story about crossing cultural divides um, in so many different ways. And there's just lessons that are so applicable right now, even to where we are and to what's going on right, right Partic- now. And you love that Ammon and his brothers are ones that are like, I'm. we're going to walk outside the lines. And they are going to be the ones that are going to allow God to do his reconciliation mm-hmm. work, right? Where it's like on one side... I mean, when you meet King Lamoni's father, he's just like, this is a son of a liar. We don't have anything to do with these people. And then you remember Ammon's dad was like, don't go among those people. They'll never listen. They're not our people. And you love that these boys are like, we, somebody's got to cross the lines. Yep. Somebody's got to like yeah. break this And open. we're going to watch it happen as a missionary, as a teacher, and as a witness of Jesus Christ. And we're all those Things. So it's so awesome because we're going to be able to see those patterns. Um, and we're going to start with the mark of a missionary. And before we even jump in, I just I wanted to talk about this because I had the most interesting experience when Grace came home from her mission and she was released. And any of you who have served a mission or any of you who are parents and have watched a child come home and be released, you know there is something about taking off this name tag. And it it makes tears come every single time. Cute Grace just sobbed when she took off her name tag. And um, our state president was so cute because he had us, we did it on a Zoom meeting because of the way the world is right now. And so we were sitting on either side of Grace and she took her name tag off and then she just buried her head in my shoulder and just sobbed. And then he said the neatest thing. Um, he said, you think this is the mark of a missionary? But it isn't. And then he said this. The, oh, It's time to do. Don't time. miss this. <laughs> it is time. The mark of a missionary is um, how you live your life after your mission. That's the mark of a missionary. And I thought that is so interesting to think about. Did, did your mission leave its mark on you? And is it going to affect how you live your life every single day, even when this isn't on? When you're not wearing this every day. Um, It was such a powerful idea just to think about, even though we're talking about missionary boys right here and the mark of a missionary, it should be the mark of all of us. 
what we're talking about right yeah, here. Yeah, I've always thought it's interesting that, you know, we wear the name of Christ over our hearts, but what's um, important is did that name get into our hearts? And as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or as Christians, we bear the name of Christ, you know, like in our title, but is it on our insights, right, is the powerful question. So um, that's what we think about this. So this first section, the marks of a mighty missionary, you have to say this again, I know we've said it before, but um, Clayton Christensen in his book, The Power of Everyday Missionaries, that definition at the beginning of what a missionary is, is it somebody who takes someone else by the hand and introduces them to Jesus. Like that is my favorite definition of what a missionary means by far. So here they are. Here's what we found and you'll find other ones. Starting in Alma chapter 17 in verse 2. When they all jump back together again and they're so happy. um, It says in there that they waxed strong in the knowledge of the truth. So that's number one is they waxed strong in the knowledge of truth. And I love thinking about like when you go to Nauvoo or like like Williamsburg or something and you make your own candles, you know? I love that idea of waxing strong in truth is an idea of being dipped in truth again and again and again and again. And that is what helps somebody to wax strong in truth. And it might be great to even ask the question like, um, man, what's that mean to wax? Like what particular truth are you being dipped in And spoiler alert, I think we're going to find that the greatest truth you can be dipped in again and again is the story of redemption and the story of the goodness and the mercy of God. And so that's number one, wax strong in truth. Um, The next one's in verse three, and it says they gave themselves to much prayer and fasting, um, which is so powerful. And we could go on forever and ever about that, but Maybe the thing we love most about that is how important a relationship with God was to these boys. Like that's what made them is like, how did that name get on the inside? Well, they spent time talking with him and they spent time fasting to like draw closer and learn his will and, and know his ways. And you love that they repeat that thought of prayer and fasting over and over Um, Again, not just in one verse as an aside, but it actually was a part of how they lived. Yeah. And not just, I mean, and I was thinking about how Jesus says that to the disciples. Remember when he's just like, this only comes by much prayer and and fasting. It's his pattern. Um, It's one that he lived. We see Mm -hmm. hints of it in the New Testament where he was like, I had to go away and spend that time in communion. And not as like a habit of Christians, but as a form of worship. Yeah. Okay, number three, which is actually in verse six, um, is we chose the phrase, refuse the kingdom. Remember the dad and all the people wanted them to be kings. This is what you want you to do in your life. But something that makes somebody a mighty missionary is they refuse things. There are things in their life that they say no to, mm-hmm. and there are things in their life that they sacrifice. Yep, and leave um, behind. Yeah, and I love this thought, um, that every time we say no, it is a yes to something else and that is the power of saying no to something is what does it leave room to actually say yes to that's so awesome so that's verse six refuse the kingdom okay the next one is in verse nine this is all in alma 17 verse nine um there it is again you're pointing out that they fasting and prayer fasted much prayed much um, and it says that the lord would grant unto them a portion of his spirit to go with them I love that phrase. Like, 
I, can I just have a portion yes. of your spirit as, uh, as one of our companions to go with us? Um, but we love connecting that with the idea of be, that they might be an instrument in the hands of God. That those two ideas are tied to each other. That I want to be an instrument in his hands. And the way that's going to happen is by having a portion of his spirit. Um, we've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but we want to mention it again here because it's such a good object lesson to think about. Um, lots of times we pray that we could be an instrument in the hands of God. We That's what we pray for. I just want to be an instrument and use me as an instrument. And it's so interesting because in order for them to be an instrument, it tells us they had to pray for a portion of the Spirit to go with them. And I just want to think about the correlation between those two things for a minute. Um, you might remember this violin from before. This is Greg's mom's violin from when she was little. And um, I love getting this out sometimes when I'm teaching youth because I will ask if there is a violin player in the room. And then I'll have them come up and I'll pull the violin out of its box and I have the bow. And then the violin is not in good repair. If you look closely, you <laughs> That was the nicest way to say that about the violin. And I'm going to say that next time someone looks all ratchety and ugly. You are just not in good repair. In good repair. <laughs> and the truth about this is you can't tune it. I've even had some girls try to tune it and so they could try and attempt to play it. And it's just, it can't be tuned. And as you think about it, it, it is an instrument. It is. This is an instrument but it can't be used right now. And I think to myself, it doesn't matter how hard you had practiced to use this um, or prepared or how many people were there to watch the performance. If you pulled this out and tried to use it, it's not gonna work because it's not in tune and it, it can't be tuned. And the thought of if we want to be an instrument in the hands of the Lord, then maybe what we need to start praying for is a portion of his spirit and then to be in tune with that spirit. And it's those two things that are going to allow us to be an instrument in his hands. And so lately, um, well, for years since I got this violin and realized it couldn't be played, it's I've changed my prayers. And instead of praying to be an instrument, I, I do pray regularly, help me to be in tune um, so that I can be used, so that I can be on his errand. And the happy news that you're going to see um, in all of this story is that uh, unlike violins, um, people can always be made into, you know, like mm -hmm. we're not like the touch of the master's hand. Yes, which we love. About before. And, and that could easily be repaired if taken to the right um master yeah right it could be it could be made in tune which is the other thing i love about that is its potential is a hundred percent there it's actually its potential is greater um, because of how old it is and the worth of it and in the right hands what it could be made to become which you see with everybody who's in this yeah. right in this story like ammon aaron like all uh, lamoni lamoni's father were all at the beginning of their stories, they looked like that. And then they all become mighty witnesses yeah. and teachers. And, and instruments. Yeah, they, and eventually instruments. they become instruments. Um, but it is that process of praying for a portion of the Spirit and then learning to live in tune that is going to allow that miraculous work to take place in us. Yeah. 
Okay, the next one is in verse 11. And before we get into that, I love in verse 10 that the first thing the Spirit says to them is be comforted. And I learned this um, this summer while working on a project I was writing that the word comforter comes from Latin um, and it comes from com, com fortis, which means like with strength. And so I love that the first thing to the missionaries is have strength. And then in 11, he says, now go forth among the Lamanites. But I love what God calls the Lamanites in 11, verse 11. And it is a, he says, thy brethren. Um, it's so beautiful to me that he said, that everybody else said, they are, they're not your people. They're not, um, they're not like you. Um, they will hate you. But what God calls them is your brothers. So in verse 11, we wrote the principle to be a brother. Um, to see people as part of, like, they're your people, yeah. right? Like, um, Cain asked that question at the beginning of Genesis. Um, it's mankind's first question to God. Am I my brother's keeper? And the rest of scripture seems to answer it. That the an- It's yes, with an exclamation yeah. And you point. love even when you read that story of Paul and Ananias. Um, mm. And remember when he mm. walks into the room and the first thing he says, um, that he calls him, of everything he could have called him, is brother and there's just something about that connection if we could remember that connection that might help smooth out a lot of things right um and he tells them in verse 11 go and be good examples of me to them go be um god says that to adam and eve right be image bearers of me um live and look at people and love them the way i would and you love in 11 is where he tells them, and then I will make an instrument of you um, in my hands. And it's exactly what we were talking about, that he can take that and he can make um, he can make us the instrument. If we'll just be in tune and pray and do some of these things, he'll be able to use us. Okay, verse 12 is the next one. And we have the phrase, take courage and be kind. Just because Cinderella wants you to. Okay, but but it doesn't say be kind, but you should. Okay, uh, so in 12, he says, they took courage and they went forth among the Lamanites. And I love that it says to declare unto them the word of God. And like, I think it would have taken courage to actually go into a people who um, did not, were not the same as you and had different thoughts and, and maybe bad feelings towards you. And that would have required courage for sure. But then I also think it's neat that it would have required courage for them to believe that God could change a, a, a people like that. Yeah. You know, just like mm-hmm. I, I have, you know, I have courage that, that God can do that, um, a miraculous yeah, work. That work which is so people. fun because in verse 13, it goes right into that. And this is the next one. And we love this one. Um, you love that they know they're doing something that hasn't been done before. They know they're doing something unconventional. Um, they've heard everybody tell them what is not possible and they, they know what they're getting into. And I love when it says at the end of 13, they supposed that great was the work which they had undertaken. And then I love the first line of 14 and assuredly it was great. Mm. Um, for they had undertaken to preach the word of God to a wild and a hardened and a ferocious people, a people who delighted in murdering the Nephites. And um, I love that they supposed their work was great. And that's the, the next one we want you to write down is we should enter into the work of the Lord supposing that it is great and that great things are going to come of it. 
Yeah, particularly, and this comes up again and again and again, the great things that happen on the insides of all of these people, like the changes of hearts. Like I love that it mentions that they had wild and ferocious, they were wild and ferocious people, hardened. Mm-hmm. Like those are heart words. And it's like, oh, watch what God is going to do here. Yesterday I was talking with um, some missionaries over a, a Zoom call thing and they asked, what advice would you give um, to missionaries? And I'd actually had just read this verse 13. They, they had supposed that their, their work was great. And that was the advice that I wanted them to know. I was like, you have to know that um, your work actually matters. Like the work of hearts and the work of souls, it, it matters and it has an impact. And it is, it's the greatest work. It's mm-hmm. God's work. People are his greatest work. And yeah. I think that's so important. Um, the very last one is verse 16 on our list and it is um to teach the plan of redemption um that their focus is on the redemption and mercy of jesus christ like yes there are these other things you can teach different doctrines the you know all the the circles you can draw all the things but their intent and their focus was to teach that redemption was possible for them and i actually love a little sneak peek if you go over to um chapter 18 um, two verses I want to tie onto this. Chapter 18, verse 11. Um, once Ammon does all of his like, um, like fancy sword work by the riverside, <laughs> like cutting off, performs armed robbery. Um, in verse 11, um, King Lamoni thinks that Ammon is the great spirit. He thinks he's God. And he says, I surely know that he is the great spirit. Now I know he's God. And then he says, I would desire that he would come into me. And he says, but I durst not, I dare not. And it and and I think, oh, how sad that King Lamoni thinks um, God is not a person who would want to come in unto him, that he wouldn't be welcome in his presence. And I love that Ammon gets the job to change that for King Lamoni and say, oh, once you know who he was, you would dare go in unto him, like boldly would go in unto him. And I love that this, um, the plan of redemption becomes the great unifier there because you have two groups of people who have come from the traditions of their fathers. They could easily sit down and say, this is how we were wronged. This is how we were wronged. This is the history. This is the story. This is what has happened. This is what we're holding on to. And yet the plan of redemption, Jesus He's the great unifier. He's He can erase all of the things. And he's the one who makes that story work in, in all of these. We're going to watch it um, here with Ammon and King Lamoni. But we're going to also watch it with Abish. We're, we're going to see that keep happening. That when Jesus is invited into the conversation, then that's where the unifying and the healing can take place. Yeah, and it's interesting. Where is it? Um... It's after he like wakes up from the, oh, okay, 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 okay. Alma chapter 18, verse 41. Um, it says, Lamoni says, he began to cry unto the Lord saying, O Lord, have mercy according to thy abundant mercy, which thou hast had upon the people of Nephi, have upon me and my people. It's interesting that like that is what he gets out of whatever Ammon's message was, is God's been so merciful to your people and to you. 
and I want him to be merciful. That That's like, that's how they related. Mm-hmm. It's like, he, Ammon could have gone in and said, hey, I'm actually a prince. I'm, I'm royalty also, and you're royalty. That's how we could relate to each other. But instead, they both related with, we are both people who've been redeemed. Yeah. We're both people that God has had mercy on. Yes. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, I love that part of the lesson. So there's all of the things, the marks of a great missionary. Um, wax strong in truth, much prayer and fasting, refuse the kingdom, take a portion of his spirit so you can become an instrument, be a brother, take courage, suppose your work is great, and teach redemption. This is, I really like this list. I know. It's so good. Um, then we're going to get into this moment where Ammon is going to go in. So it tells us in... I love when it says in verse 17 of chapter 17, Therefore they separated themselves one from another and went forth among them every man alone, according to the word and power of God which was given unto him. Which makes you so nervous because they're going into a place where people might not like them. Can you imagine sending your missionary age child by himself without a companion or a mission president or anything into a place where people could hate and reject and um, all of the things that could happen. And I love that these boys are just like, okay, this is going to be a great work. And I'll see you when we're done. See you when we're done. Yeah. And Ammon went to the land of Ishmael, it tells us. That's where he's going to start. And he is going to have this moment of just great teaching. And there are such good lessons in here. This is what we want you to watch for. Um, We want you to watch how many things happen before Ammon actually opens his mouth and begins to teach. That's what we want you to watch for. Because you think a great teacher is going to stand up and deliver a great message, and that's what makes a great teacher. And Ammon is going to teach us that's not necessarily true. Because there are so many things that are going to happen before Ammon actually ever opens his mouth which is so interesting because we just got done with several stories of remember that was alma's gift to be like a great like speaker yeah. and it just didn't go over super well you know yes. <laughs> with everybody yeah and all of a sudden then you have this story right next to it to compare and it's like sometimes this might be the best the, approach. yeah the way to teach and so if you're in a situation where you feel like you've said everything you could say and nothing has come of it that you feel like you're trying to teach, but you're up against um, not being able to make any headway, this is a great place to go to. Also, if you ever teach youth Sunday school, this is one of my favorite places to be like, okay, show me again how is the best way to teach. Because when you walk in, when Ammon walks into their kingdom, he gets arrested day one. That's what happens inside every classroom. Of, of youth. youth you are arrested <laughs> and you are a criminal the second you walk in yeah, like if you so you just have to know you don't come in as a hero you come in as a criminal you are under there <laughs> yes, you are in their so jail true. from day one so we're gonna just walk through and um you're gonna see this list right here and we'll say the verses because i didn't write the verses okay, here but number, we're but gonna we'll say, say as we go. so verse we're gonna be in chapter 17 still verse 25 um, remember when he comes and he's going to talk to King Lamoni the first time and he tells him, um, I have come to be your servant. That's number one. Um, be a servant. That's how he enters into this situation. And um, it 
it remember as he becomes that servant he goes out he takes care of the sheep there's going to be a lot of things that happen here um, and it's cool that he says in 23 and perhaps until the day i die yeah like what if That's that so was awesome. the, like his intention was to be a servant and maybe never get a chance to teach right because remember god said to them at the beginning go be great examples of me and maybe ammon thought well the best thing i could do to be the image bearer of god is Serve. Serve until I die. Um, then you remember in verse 29. Um, this is number two. This is going to be number two that we're going to talk about. And he says um, that he wants to restore the flocks to the king. And the reason why he wants to do it is that I may win the hearts of these my fellow servants, that I may lead them to believe in my words. And we love that phrase, win the hearts. What is going to be required of you as the teacher to win the hearts of the people? Um, and for every person, it's going to be different. For King Lamoni, his biggest need was someone was killing the sheep, were killing his flocks. That's where Ammon went. Show me the greatest need. That's where I'm going to do my work. Why? Because I'm trying to win the hearts. And so as you're thinking in your situation, what's the greatest need in that situation? And how do you win the heart? And what a great way to enter into like uh, or, or any kind of relationship, right? Where mm -hmm. you want to have any sort of impact that you're like, what do I need to teach them they're doing wrong? Yeah. That's not how you start. Like, how do I show them a better way? No. What if your first intention was, how do I win their hearts? Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny that the sheep get scattered and yes. all the servants cry and Ammon is so happy. Yes. Like it's the same it's event like gonna, that has very different emotional this responses. It's going to be what I, exactly what I needed. And what's going to happen because of that whole experience happening, he tells us there's going to be a lot of verses in between that you can read, but we get to verse 18 and it tells us... Um, that they said, we oh, chapter 18, chapter 18, verse three, um, whether he's the great spirit or a man, we do not know um, that he cannot be slain by the enemies of the king. Neither can they scatter the king's flocks when he is with us because of his expertness and great strength. And then we love this line. Therefore, we know he is a friend to the king. So that's the third thing that comes. Um, first, he says, I want to be a servant. Second, he says, I'm going to win the hearts. And the third thing that happens is he becomes a friend to the king. Um, all of this is taking all of these verses, right? You you expect Ammon to go in on his mission day one and be like, Lesson I have one. a message for you. And so far, we're all these verses in. And what has he done? He's become a servant. He's tried to win the hearts. He wants to be a friend. And in fact, before you go on to the fourth one, um, which is going to keep going on that thing. I love connecting to that 18.3, verse 22.3. Now, um, you'll remember after Lamoni and all that, um, Ammon is going to go out with Lamoni and they meet Lamoni's dad on the road. That's going to happen. This is a little spoiler alert of what's going to happen. And the thing that Lamoni's dad is so astonished by mm -hmm. when Aaron eventually comes to see him is he says... Um, Aaron can teach right away to King Lamoni's dad because he says, I've been somewhat troubled in my mind because of the generosity and the greatness of the words of your brother, Ammon. Like the thing he remembers most 
about and and let's remember that at one point Ammon had a sword over King Lamoni's dad. Yeah. Right? And the thing that he was troubled by and remembered is how generous Ammon was, right? Well, and so that he was a such impact. a friend to his son. Right, right. Like, That's what I mean. Like, he's so astonished that he could have had half my kingdom. He could have had all these things, and all he wanted was just to be a loyal friend to my son. I love that that's how Ammon enters in. Right. Servant, win the hearts, be a loyal friend. And then you love that the king, the servants are telling the king all this stuff is happening, and then he's like, well, where, where is he? Like, where is this guy? And do you want to know where he is in verse 9? He's feeding the horses now, right? He has no agenda. There's, he didn't write his talk. He did, he's not entered into this situation. He's like, what can I do next? And now he's feeding the horses. And a couple lines down from that, he's going to prepare the chariots. That's what he's going to do. So you're watching this whole thing happen. Be a servant, win the hearts, be a friend, feed the horses, prepare the chariots. And we actually made those as two separate things on the list because of that nature of Ammon that he's just like, What's he doing? He's feeding the horses. What What else? And he's preparing the chariots. Like he's moving on. And I've never thought about this before, but one of the things now I love about this is he says, why is he doing that? And then the king's like, oh yeah, because I told him to. Like at the very beginning, mm-hmm. you know? Easily someone could have forgotten to go feed the horses after you just like got attacked by an <laughs> army of people. And like, you know, you could have easily forgotten that that's like what was important to the king to go see his dad. You know, and I or love you could have run in with all the servants to and be been like, like, boom, look at all these yeah, arms. You know, like, could even pull out the yeah. bag and be like, hey, hey, like throw um, the arms Yeah, up. but he's just feeding the horses. That's his job. And I, this is what I was going to say about that, that it's like, um, like I've got, I, um, I had a, one of my great friends passed away a couple of years ago and this last year on his, the anniversary of his death, another one of my friends like texted me in the morning and just said like, Hey, this will probably be a, you know, a rough day for you. So I'm just, I'm thinking about you. And it was such a meaningful, um, message mm. to get. And it, it was meaningful because someone remembered something that was important to me. And I think part of the lesson of those two is, is that it's like he remembered what was important to the king, Hmm. you know, and it wasn't to go in and teach. It was like, oh, I know this is something you care a lot about and I care about it because you You care care about about it. it. Um, And then you love when he finally comes in and he's going to sit down and the king is right there. And in our minds, we're like, okay, this is your chance, right? This is the moment in verse 14 um, what he asks is, what wilt thou that I should do for you, O king? And in verse 15, what do you desire of me? He's still asking this question, um, what can I do? How can I help in this situation? That's that's the that's his lead in is, um, what do I need to do for you? It's just such an expression of love, which is what we saw from the missionaries. And now we're seeing it again. It's is how to care for someone Which and is watch over someone. Crazy. Because there's a bag of arms on the ground and everyone is like this when they walk in. Mm-hmm. And Ammon knows I've got a captive audience. <laughs> but his question still yes. is, what, what, what can I what do, can I do? 
And the yeah. king doesn't answer for an hour. <laughs> like, and he just sits there. That's got to be like, have they done a Bible video? I mean, a Book of Mormon video about this? Please. It's going to be so long. <laughs> just Could you imagine? The camera keeps spanning person to person. It's like. For an hour. <laughs> like, that's that is seriously legit like i get awkward after 12 oh, seconds like they waited an hour it's awesome and then um he's gonna um he's gonna ask questions of ammon he, you, who are you and how did this happen and how do you know what's happening in my heart and all of these things he's gonna ask him and it's finally in verse 24 so two chapters into the story verse 24 and you love the first line and Ammon began to speak. That is when he starts teaching. Isn't that crazy? All these things happen before he begins to speak. And as you think about the places where you are called as the teacher, in your own home for all of us right now, but as things start to go back to the way they used to be, who do you teach within the church? Um, or in other aspects of your life. It, that might be your profession. All of us have different areas where we are the teacher. How could you use these seven things um, in your teaching before you even begin to speak? And then there are lessons that we do learn as he begins to teach. And I was just thinking we kind of had some fun with that one about sitting there for an hour. But it is interesting that sometimes you really do just need to listen. Mm -hmm. And you really do just need to wait yep. before you begin to speak. And I love that he's going to begin with a question. Mm. Um, that's how mm. he starts. Um, he doesn't start in and be like, okay, let me tell you everything I know. His, the, his first words out of his mouth are, do you believe there is a God? That's how he starts with him. And he he's going to meet him in that place. He's mm -hmm. going to meet him where he is. Um, and I love um, that he says, I don't know what you're talking about. And Ammon rephrases this question. Do you believe there is a great spirit? And he said, yes. And Ammon said, this is God. And there's yeah. the there's the connection point, right? Again, just like we saw the plan of redemption is going to be the connection point. Ammon goes directly to the connection point. Where is God in this? Mm -hmm. Um and, and who is God for you? And who is God for me? And, and how can we connect on that piece? And, and what if we did that more often? Yeah, it is so awesome that he doesn't like go in and say, do you believe there's a great spirit? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, he actually has a body of flesh and bones. <laughs> um, and he's separate from the sun. And you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just like, oh, that's God. Yeah. Like we believe in that same yeah. You know, in that same God. I just love that there is, he finds that. And we met on that principle of all principles. Yes. You know? And then I love when he says to him in verse 35, a portion of that spirit, that that great spirit that he has actually dwells in me. And it gives me knowledge and also power according to my faith and desires which are in God. And you love that he's, he's going to teach with the spirit. He's going to start by asking questions He's going to find that connection point by asking questions. And then he's going to start teaching with the spirit that actually is in him. And that's what's going to give him knowledge and power to teach King Lamoni what King Lamoni needs to know. And then just follow Ammon's story like throughout and keep watching 
for how he lives with a portion of that spirit mm. in him. Because there's going to be several other times when he's like, where should we go next? Yes. And Ammon's like, mm, I kind of feel drawn this place. Um, what should we do about this? And Ammon's like, let me ask the Lord. Uh, you just see that as sort of like the way he lives mm. his life. Um, and then <gasps> he's a servant. Yes. That's so awesome to God and to others. Yeah. Right. He's like, why does he keep asking God? He's like, well, look at what kind of person Ammon is. He has a servant heart. Yep. Um, and then we get to the last thing, which is number nine. When he had said these words, so just think about it again. When he begins to speak, he asks a question so he can meet him where he is. Then he invites the spirit to be part of that discussion. Which is in verse 35. Which is he in verse 35. He begins to speak in 24. He teaches with the spirit in verse 35. And then in 36, he's going to open the scriptures. And he's going to begin at the creation and he's going to teach scripture the whole way through. So how often when you prepare a lesson, is that what your lesson looks like? Do you start with a question? Do you find a connection point? Do you invite the spirit to be in charge of your knowledge and your power, what you're going to say? And then do you open the scriptures? And how quickly do you open the scriptures? I have taught each of my children when they teach um, if they have not opened the scriptures within the first five minutes of a lesson, um, then they might have planned their lesson out wrong. And so it's so funny because when we all go to church together, they will do that, particularly in Sunday school. I'll see all of them oh, no. checking to see how long before we actually get into the scriptures because that's where the meat is. That's where the power is. It's not in the personal story you saw on Facebook. Um, it's not in all, we, sometimes we go to all the peripheral things and I love that Ammon is like, okay, are you ready? All right, let's begin. And where are we going to begin? In the word, because that's where the power is going to come from. And kind of going back to this one in the March of the Missionary, our last one, I kind of, I noticed this yesterday that in 36, he's like, he rehearsed the creation. In 37, he rehearsed their things. 38, he rehearsed the rebellions and all of that. And then I love in 39, it says, but he expounded the plan of redemption. Oh. And I don't know if Mormon meant to do that, but I just yeah. thought it was interesting that he rehearsed this and rehearsed this, almost like I'm going to set all this up so that I can really dig into what I wanted to tell you. And that is the, the coming of Christ, which is the plan of redemption. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so hopefully you got all Oh, of and those. the 10th one, the best one. Oh, oh yeah, we forgot the best one. Um, the 10th one, you want to go to Alma 20, 26 is where you want to go. Um, so we're just going to skip there. And um, this is what you were talking about before with um, King Lamoni's dad. Okay, in case you are new to the story, we're going to jump back into it in just a second. But what happens is... Lamoni has this great spiritual experience and so does his wife and so does their whole household. We're going to get to that in just a second. And when it's all over, Lamoni wants to go with Ammon to other places now. Now let's go spread redemption and mercy to other places. And on this journey to go to do this, they meet Lamoni's dad. Who's not happy about all. all of what has just taken you place. missed the ceremony. Like Scar did. <laughs> and... Um, so then there's that whole thing where Ammon has a sword and everyone's mad at each other. And then the king is going to fear for his life in verse 23 and says, if you'll spare me, I'll grant whatever you ask, even half the kingdom. And Ammon um, says that 
um, he, he doesn't want any of those things. He's going to spare him. Um, and he's just worried about his son. And then in verse 26, this is this verse that is so good. And when he saw that Ammon had no desire to destroy him, and when he also saw the great love he had for his son Lamoni, he was astonished exceedingly and said, because this is all that thou hast desired, that I would release your brethren and suffer that my son Lamoni should retain his kingdom. Behold, I will grant unto you that my son may retain his retain his kingdom from this time and forever, and I will govern him no more. And he and he's going to allow him to live his belief. But I love that he saw the great love Ammon had. And that's number 10 is just love greatly. If you want to be a powerful teacher, then you've, you've got to have great love. That's mm. what's going to make the difference. I think that's so awesome that the king kind of realizes um, Lamoni does not need to be governed by me anymore because he's now learned to be governed by love. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. Okay, this third section. So we had marks of a missionary, um, being a powerful teacher, and then this third section, section is living as a witness. And the person we're focusing on in this one is actually our um, hero for this week in the Summer of Heroes. So um, we have her written on our poster. Are you guys, do you have your posters and all the things? Hopefully everything is going awesome yeah. with that and you're having a great time. Yeah, we hope you are loving all of these battle-ready challenges. We are having so much fun with them in our homes. Yeah, and this one you are really going to love. It's awesome. Yeah, okay. it's going to be such a fun So one. the, um, we will, so we meet this girl. Her name is Abish or Abish. We don't even know. What did we decide to call her? We talked about this before we started. <laughs> the and we forgot. guide says Abish. Um, but it's sometimes you just want to call her Abish because Alma and all the other soft A sounds. So you just call her whatever you're used to calling her and we'll call her both. And that yeah, way hopefully just... everyone will be <laughs> so happy about her story. Um, so her story starts in Alma chapter 19. So what happens is that Alma... I mean, as Ammon is teaching King Lamoni, he has this overwhelming spiritual experience. He kind of has an Alma the Younger type of thing and mm -hmm. passes out. And he's gone for like three days, you know, like he is yeah. out. One time a kid passed out in my seminary class and everyone was panicking. And I was like, everybody, don't panic. <laughs> what just happened is... I we just had an Ammon Lamoni experience, so it is going to be fine. Listen, please bless someone who's smarter than you and call 911. I was just happy that I was kind of like Ammon. Um, but he was out for like three seconds instead of three days. This is why he can't teach days. in a building by himself. Everyone, somebody else called 911. Um, so he was passed out, and, and then he wakes back up. And and uh, when he wakes back up, like um, uh, uh, his wife is there, and there's this... Like, then she passes out and all the servants pass out. Like, anyways, so this great, like, never happened before type of spiritual experience um, goes on. And it's in that story that we meet this servant girl, um, Abish. And so in verse 16, let's just start right there because I love so it. So here's our list Chapter of living 19, as a witness. Um, verse 16. And... It tells us they did all call on the name of the Lord in their might, even until they had all fallen to the earth, save it were one. Remember how we are in love with the lines in scripture that talk about one person is going to have their shining moment. And this is going to be the one for Abish. Yeah. And she might've thought like, wait, why didn't I get to fall into the 
conversion dream. <laughs> yes. You know, like everyone else is like having this awesome experience. And it's just neat that the Lord's probably like, oh, it's because I have another job for you. Yeah. Um, her name was Abish. She having been converted unto the Lord for many years on account of a remarkable vision of her father. Oh, who just wants to meet her father? And don't you want to hear that story? Yeah, it's like, wait, what happened? What happened? There? Yeah, clear back then that there is this one girl in the palace who is already a believer and has been this whole time. And Someday we need her whole story. I know. But do you know what? One time I read this verse, though, 16, yeah. and I read it like this, that she was converted on account of a remarkable vision of her father. Like she had a vision of the father. Oh. Like maybe it wasn't her dad's vision, but she had a vision of You her want it father. to be a capital F father. Right. Even though it's a lower F father. Right. But, but it's so cute. And maybe whatever, she had a Nephi experience. Right. Where she, um, yeah, who knows? And... She was already converted to the Lord, but she had never made it known before. So she knew what was happening. She would have known who Ammon was. She would have known what was happening everywhere. I love that part. And she knew that it was the power of God. And then I love this because it's just, remember when the four boys supposed their work was great and assuredly it was great. It tells us in verse 17, and supposing this opportunity um, would bring people to the Lord. Then it tells us, she ran forth from house to house, making it known unto all the people. And this is going to be our challenge for you, is to run. Sometimes when we are filled with the goodness and the spirit and all the great things of God, um, it is our job just to, to run. There's so much good news to be shared with so many people. And I think I've said this before on here, but... Um, the, every morning when I wake up and I open my eyes, the first thing I hear the Spirit say to me is that, run. There's so much good that needs to be done. And particularly now in these days, there's just good that needs to be done. So you love that she's just going to run from house to house. And she's so excited because she thinks now everybody is going to know what she knows. And she's going to have friends in the faith and her just her expectation is so big of what is about she to happen. She knocks on doors. She's yes. like, come on, come, everybody. everybody come. She doesn't even tell them what's happening. She doesn't even take the time to like tell them. Just tells everyone, come to the palace. So we took like that line of her going from door to door and have so here's kind of the challenge. Yes. We wrote okay, let's to stop run and give the challenge. And and we love that it precedes an opportunity. So she sees an opportunity. And then she runs to do it, which is sort of like what makes her a hero to us. Um, but because she goes door to door, we kind of thought it would be fun if you took an opportunity to leave something on someone's doorstep and then run. run. Oh, I love to, <laughs> you Don't know? you love when you do that? You just knock and then you run as fast as you can. And everybody wear your gloves and sanitize the thing and make sure it hasn't been opened by anybody or touched within six feet of a human. <laughs> and then leave it there and run. <laughs> make sure you have all, okay. the, the, rules, all the rules. It's so awesome that she takes that opportunity, sees it, and then runs. Yes. And everybody comes. And then... Um, in verse 28, when, when she comes back, the contention begins to be exceedingly sharp among them. And while they were just contending, the woman's servant who had caused the multitude to be gathered together came. And when she saw the contention, which was among the multitude, she was exceedingly sorrowful, even unto tears. And um, this is an important part. This is one of the things that we want um, you to think about. Don't let discouragement hinder you. Because 
how discouraging must that have been when she came back? She had this big plan. She knew how it was going to go. And then when she gets back, it, nothing went the way in her mind she thought it was going to be. And she could have just walked out of there and been like, well, that didn't work. That worked horribly. <laughs> the way I wanted it to. Yeah. But, um, and even though she, it brings her to tears, she's like, okay, what else should I do? And, and even though it didn't work out the way that she thought, it doesn't mean it was a waste what she did. Hmm. Like the good that she did was not a waste because the result didn't pan out. The good that she did was good because it was good. And you love that God can fix situations like that. Like here she is in the midst of this place where she's just been trying to do her best and instead she's created a big disaster, right? That Ammon could be murdered um, because everyone is so worked up and in her mind she's like, what have I done? And yet God can turn that for her mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. um, he can take what she sees as a mess and he can bring his glory into that situation and and he will. And you love that um, she's exceedingly sorrowful even unto tears. And then there is this really neat moment and it's a moment that I connect to I think a little bit more just because I am a woman. And I love that we get to highlight the story of a woman who is doing God's work in this moment. But I love that what is going to fix that terrible situation is one simple act of kindness. Because what she is going to do is she's just going to reach out her hand to the hand of the queen and she's going to lift her. That's it. That's all Abish's responsibility is, is just to reach out and lift one person in that moment. And it's interesting and we need to think through because... Everything about that situation says she shouldn't do that, right? She is the servant in that household. Um, there's there's so many barriers she is crossing in that moment of her religion is different. Her status in the household is different. Everything about what is going on says that shouldn't have happened. And yet she's going to reach over that divide and she's going to take the queen by her hand that perhaps she might raise her from the ground. And as soon as she touched her hand, she arose and stood on her feet and cried with a loud voice. And then she's gonna bear her testimony that is gonna end up bringing the resolution. Sometimes when I read this, I think of the power of ministering hmm. and that power of one woman reaching out to one woman, even if it's out of your comfort zone or out of what fills um, socially acceptable is just stretching forth your hand in an effort to lift and to touch someone. There's so much power in that one verse. Yeah, and just because, and, and also because of the simplicity of it, that it was just like as soon as she made, as soon as she touched her hand, right? Yeah. Like it was like it was. That's so simple. Yeah. It then God even, could do his right. It work. wasn't even. Hard. There's so much beauty in that verse. And the result mm -hmm. of it, um, at the end of 29 and then in 30, our next one is that she said, when she had said this, she clapped her hands, being filled with joy and speaking many words. And then she goes and and it's awesome because then she reaches and touches the hand of her husband and it's neat how yes. that gets passed yeah. on, you know? Yep. Like, Until you get to, in 35... There, there is going to be that lifting, that touch, that connection point. 
and with then everybody. It came to pass that there were many that did believe in their words. So now it's not just Abish, it's not just Ammon, it's not just the king. It's the power of everyone who has been um, influenced by that that is going to bring about this mighty change. For the whole people. Um, so it's interesting that how the simple things that will now domino to next time, our lesson from next time is like the huge mm -hmm. impact. And it's crazy to think, how did all of that start by somebody saying, I want to be your servant? How did all that start by somebody saying, she just reached out and touched her hand. But our last two, just to kind of be clear, is verse 30. It's to be filled with joy. You know, um, mm -hmm. that's how you live as a witness. To express the joy of, of your own redemption. And I added, and sometimes you have to clap. Um, verse 30, it says she clasped her hands. But Royal Skousen, who did that analysis of the manuscript, said, I think the original one said she clapped her hands. Oh. That makes That's why so we happy. don't clap in church because of that one we letter change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because what do we do when we're done? We're like, <laughs> if I had that one letter been different, we'd be clappers. Aww. Okay, so express your joy. And then the last one, number seven, is kind of what you were saying, where in 33, um, Ammon keeps ministering to the servants and Lamoni keeps ministering until 35. They, they, you all know, they all believe. And, and they 30, just continue yeah, giving that witness. It's just continuing. All, all yeah. as, as we go through. Um, okay, let's maybe stop there and start next time on that little story of King Lamoni's father because this might be too Okay, that long, is so fun. Okay, but take some time this week. These lists are so powerful. Every one of them is a powerful list. And I honestly believe there are lessons for our time right now for our day and our right. situation within these lists and so maybe these are conversations you can be having in your home of how do we become better missionaries how do we become better teachers how do we become better witnesses and how can we cross cultural divides and talk about the plan of redemption and bring jesus into the story so that healing and mending can actually come and then let us leave like with his name written on our hearts yeah. after all of it. So, so good. Okay, see, see you next, see you next week. week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.